podcast, Cinderella Chats. I'm your host, Cinderella Field. Yes, that's really my name. Along with your co-host, Sandy Hunter. We are so excited to be here to share some insight about life, love, and relationships. So let's get to it. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great, actually. It's been an interesting week for sure. Absolutely. I know we've both been so overwhelmed with stuff. Stuff. Yes, stuff, stuff, and stuff, and things to do, and commitments, responsibilities to other people, other things before. Mm -hmm. Job, work. Yes, anything else when our commitment should really be to the one and only God. Yes. Exactly. But how do we as humans just get so tired <laughs> nonsense? We're running around like chickens with our heads cut off, trying to figure which direction to go. I think sometimes we just need to stop, recenter, take and, a deep breath. Yes, and breathe. Right. So let's do this together. Count to hit 10 and do it again. Exactly. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's been one of those kind of things. Of course, we know all of you have no idea what we're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Whatever. If you're a woman, (laughs) you you certainly do. Yeah. But the first thing that I want to say is, oh, my gosh, Veterans Day is coming up. And I mean, happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Which, you know, uh, I come from a military family. Grandpa's my dad, all my uncles, so many that I know have served their country. And sometimes I think we forget the sacrifices that they make. Well, yes. I mean, but what about if you had a son that decided to do something like that? My uncles served and they were in World War II, actually. Mm -hmm. And then my dad served, but he left. He was in the Navy. And then my son decided that he was going to join the Army. And, you know, they put him through an assessment test, and mm-hmm. they said that he needed to be a medic. And he thought, okay, well, that'll do because I want to be a firefighter, and I'm going to have to do that anyway. And so he... Two kind of went hand in hand. Right. He signed on, and honestly, it was the best thing that happened to him, so... He did his medic training and schooling in the army. And then he went to Iraq where they made him a scout combat medic. And I just thought he was going to be a medic. I had no idea what a scout combat medic was. Oh, out in the field. Well, they are the ones that go and look. Look. Yeah, they're not. Usually a medic is protected by his infantry Mm -hmm. in the middle because if somebody gets hurt. Yeah, they need his expertise. To help save their lives, right? right? So. But no, he was the one at 20 years old, 20. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he was, I don't know, 14, 15 years old, something like that. That was the one that went out in front of everybody to make sure that things were safe. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? So I to a tell son you, son and a brother, my brother was married. The same it, way. Was, it was the best weight loss thing, though, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I can I can attest because I me, had my anyway. brother and my son both come tell me when they were 
both just graduated high school, 19 years old, came and sat on my bed. One said, sis, I have something to tell you, and you're not going to be happy. I joined the Marines, and I signed up for four years. And my heart fell to my feet. And then my son came in the very next day and said, mom, you're probably going to be upset. And I said, what? Did you join the Marines too? And he goes, no, I joined the Air Force. I'm like, oh my gosh. But my brother did serve his four years out, and my son got into his first year and blew his knee out running on a track with his sergeant. Oh my gosh. So I'm not going to say that I was not happy about that. Does that. I know you can understand that because oh, sure. it was bad enough listening to my brother, you know, four years in the Marines. Yeah. So. I have the utmost respect for those that volunteer their lives and their and put their lives out on the line for us and the in the blanket of freedom that they provide. Yes, they will actually die mm-hmm. to protect our freedom. Yes. And to protect our great country, the United States of America. Right. So thank you to all the veterans out there. Yes. But you know, I have a particular fondness for one of them, and that's my son. <laughs> I get it. I get so, it. So anyway, okay. So which opens the door because later on he became a firefighter. So what I would like to focus on is I I went to a particular church to listen to the Bible teaching about sex, marriage. Oh, that's right. You yes, divorce, right. remarriage. And that was very, very interesting. And then, you know, we have Speaker Mike Johnson in the house. Yes. Speaker Mike Johnson really, in the house. I'm really, I'm really liking him. Oh, no, I love him. I just am. I mean, I just, that whole circle of him and all the constituents all down on the floor praying. Praying together. Yes. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. I thought, okay, our forefathers would be so proud because this is something that you know, doesn't normally happen or hasn't in the last, oh, how many presidencies, you know? Right. And we've been talking about change. So we're going to continue talking about change, but we're going to talk about change in a way that how the family, the nuclear family has changed so much uh, from the time that Reagan, Ronald Reagan, Mm -hmm. signed the no fault divorce bill into law in 1969. So this is what I would ask you. Do you think that our world is better today because we have that? Because it created a domino effect that the rest of the country decided to do the same thing. And did you know that there are still states, I believe there are eight of them, and I'll post them on the website after we get this particular episode up so that you can see exactly which ones they are. But Oklahoma is still, can still use, you know, fault divorce and they don't, you know why? Because they say the judges don't care. No, they don't care. No, they don't care. So they don't listen to it. So we're going to go along with their father and following other leads nationwide. You know, I'm not one that says, oh, you should stay in a marriage if somebody's being domestically violent to you. 
That is something that I just don't think God would want a woman to have to go through to be beaten every day of her life. I can't imagine that that's what it was. And then the Bible depicts that. But just because you wake up one day and you say, "Ah, I don't like this person anymore. I'm just going to get a divorce. Or this person just doesn't fit my needs anymore. Or this person, blah, 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 blah. I think you're correct, Cinderella. I think divorce is made way too easy. Way too easy. Yes, it's like driving through Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, and I mean, I think it really started with Starbucks because, and I'm guilty of it, you know, when I order a latte, this is what it sounds like. Yep. I would like a grande whole milk latte mm-hmm. with one sugar in the raw, whole milk, and could you please stir it extra hot? Right. The person behind me will say, I would like a skinny, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And the next person, and they have their own version of everything. So guess what? We live in our own version society. But my question was, because I want to stay really focused, because, you know, I have a purpose for this all, because I really do believe it's time that we open the door to try and change some things about that. Because I have seen it up close and personal. Sure. Not just in my own marriage, but Mm -hmm. in my family of origin. And then the people that raised me, my great aunt and uncle had the most incredible marriage I've ever seen in my life. Right. Okay. So I'm just very passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it all goes back to God. You know, through the prophets, God emphasized three principles. Marriage is sacred. We can say that, correct? You believe what what he spoke in the Bible? Marriage is sacred. God absolutely detests. He hates divorce. You know why? I mean, why do you think? Well, it's a covenant. Uh, Well, that's one reason. It is a covenant, and God doesn't take covenants lightly. But it's the domino effect that happens. Oh, sure. That filtrates down through the family and those surrounding the. the And relationships. Right. And then third, marriage is designed, was designed to produce children of good character. You can look in Malachi and read about that. But, and then Jesus came on to say the importance and sacredness of lifelong marriage is it's in his own teachings. I mean, he talks about it. Paul talks about it, the ongoing demonstration of sacrificial love that Christ showed his church in Ephesians. That's exactly the same sacrificial love that marriage is supposed to be bound with. Well, that's a, that's a good place to ask another question. So let's, mm-hmm. let's answer the first question first. Right. Go back to it. So since 1969, since that was initiated, do you think that our families and our moral compass is in a better place than it was no. back then before that ever happened. No, I absolutely I don't. And anyone, anyone Christian or non-Christian, if they looked at it, if they look at all the actual facts, I mean, you would absolutely have to say, absolutely not. No. And do you, I, I can't remember who sings this song off the top of my head, but it's a slow burn. So it's a slow burn. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. But it's just like anything else. I mean, a weed starts out as small, doesn't it? Until Mm -hmm. it gets bigger and bigger. And then it takes over the whole garden, right? Yeah. It wrecks the foundation of the garden. Hmm. Yeah, it does. Imagine that. So we're both in agreement 
So do you think that it would be better if we made some sort of changes where that stuff is concerned? I absolutely do. Listen, I get it. My own personal opinion about marriage and divorce is mine. And so what I do is I look towards God's word to see what it says. I know and understand how God and what things are talked about in the Bible about marriage and divorce, and God does detest it. It, like we just talked about, it in society, it has totally disabled a lot of things just using divorce frivolously. And yes. like you said, it, it affects so many people. I, I totally get it. But I have my own belief on it. And my own belief is it's, I'm just a covenant person. And I think if you make, you have to be a person of your word. If you make a promise to God, I mean, to love, honor, and cherish this person you become one with, just like Adam and Eve, you know, God took Adam's rib and Eve, they literally became one. And I think he looks at that covenant the same as he did with Adam and Eve. And I think that's why he detests it so much because there's so much aftermath. Well, okay. We, we opened it up with saying thank you to our veterans, right? right. That served mm-hmm. our country mm-hmm. sacrificially, that were willing to die for our country. Okay. And leave no brother behind or sister is what they teach them there. Why can you imagine you think God says, or Jesus said that God meant, oh, go ahead and leave your wife or husband behind. That's no big deal. And you know, those children that you had do that too, and just find them another mother or father. And I mean, this happens, you know, if somebody, and now, you know, if somebody passes away, that's a different story. If one of the spouse you know, spouses pass away, mm-hmm. then God does allow for that. Well, sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Or something like that. But I don't think that God's design from the beginning, that's what it was. No, it wasn't. When one's mate is guilty of sexual immorality and is unwilling to repent and live faithfully with the marriage partner, Jesus' words in Matthew indicate that divorce and remarriage in this circumstance is acceptable. But that passage reads, then why, the Pharisees are questioning him, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman, commits adultery. That's his word. That's what he says. Yes, yes, Moses said, okay, but you have to think it's situational. He comes down off the mountain of Sinai, and they have lost their ever-loving minds at the bottom. Okay, so oh, they were just to having orgies, and it was ridiculous. You know, creating he other gods, just, and I he mean, just you know, pulled out them of, out of Egypt, right? And they seen all of these miraculous things that God did to free them. Then they get them at the bottom of this mountain. And they just lose their ever mind. He's been gone for how many days? And guess what? They've got golden calves erected. They're sleeping with each other's wives. They're having all kinds of craziness. So at the time, 
at the time, that was a way to help sort out some of that craziness. I understand that was for that point in time, but Jesus clearly says, that's not how this was in the beginning. That's not how God created this. Yes, Moses did this, but that's not the way it's supposed to be done. And it was Moses. Yeah. It was Moses. Yes. And he was trying to figure out a way to take care of some of this craziness that was going on. Can you imagine being up and standing on holy ground all these days and listening to the God, and listening to the God and getting the Ten Commandments and coming down and everybody's just completely lost their ever love and mind. So at that point in time, what he did worked for that situation, but it's situational. That doesn't mean it's correct. That's why Christ said, Amen. Yeah, that's not the way it was done in the beginning. No, no, it wasn't. So when I was the the one and only semester that I went to Bible college, but I did do BSF for a long time, Mm -hmm. I worked through the books, through the epistles. And so I remember my instructor pointing out that there's a difference between what Paul said, it's like Moses said or commanded, Mm -hmm. And then he said, but when the Lord commands, you better follow mm-hmm. because that's a part of his, I mean, God does have, I mean, people don't like to hear this because this is new Testament that says it, but he does have rules. He does have sure. laws and he does call us to be holy. And what do we know for sure about God? God is who he was yesterday is today, today will be tomorrow. Forever. Yes. And in Revelation, it says specifically, do not add to or take, take away, away from, from his word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My word. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we just have to go back to that. So I just think our society is running amok. And then the divorce industry, oh my gosh. Well, they're profiting like, I mean, no other. That's where I say things need to change because, you know, just because there's even even it's, it stipulates there, even in the Bible, if your spouse has committed adultery, it's not required for you to get a divorce. That is correct. I um, think the only reason for a divorce, and I think you need to separate at that point first, is if there is major abuse. Oh, yeah. Or somebody's life or the children's mm-hmm. life. Or at stake. You know, or there's addiction. Mm-hmm. To separate first, to try to get the other person that is doing the abuse or is the addict to have an opportunity to do something different and correct it Mm -hmm. and fix it. What's going on. And if one spouse is not a Christian and that spouse willfully deserts the other spouse who is a Christian, God understands that. I mean, well, he I think there needs it. to be a time period too right. for that. Right. Yes. To absolutely. To be able to turn itself around. <clears throat> you know right. what I mean? Absolutely. Because but there's, there's only a few, there's only a few, and I don't even like to use the word exceptions. There's only a few situations where I think God looks at that and says, absolutely. This woman has been be- beat, you know, or a man's been beat, you know, every night of their ma- day of their marriage to this person. And I, I don't think, even scripturally here, that that's something that God would be okay with. 
You know what I mean? No, I don't either. Because that affects the children and the home life too. You know, mm-hmm. that creates an atmosphere of fear. And so being unevenly yoked, yes, I understand that, especially if there's some kind of abuse behind it. Yes, the Bible says, you know, you commit, if your partner committed adultery on you. Yes, basically what Christ is saying is there is a way, but God hates it. It's not something that if it can be fixed, fix it. You know what I mean? Um, Well, I mean, just go to the book of Hosea. Sure. Which most people don't. But I mean, Gomer was what? She was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. God told him to go and marry her. And then he had children with her. And then Gomer went back into the streets again to become a prostitute. And what did God tell him to do? To go and get her and bring her home. Bring her home. Okay, because guess what, Sandy? If you commit a sin, do you want God just to divorce you forever? Well, absolutely not. Okay. To me, it's that simple. And how many times does Jesus say that we should forgive? Seven Seven times times 70. Mm -hmm. I mean, really? Hey, listen. If your um, spouse, let's just say it this way, if your spouse is deciding on divorce, you may not be able to stop them. You just may not, okay? And because of the laws. However, if you could get your spouse to consider maybe a legal separation first, like you're talking about, and give the, you guys both more time to cool off and to think about things. Pray that God will open the lines of communication um, between you and your spouse and that he will restore your relationship. Anything done in haste sometimes is just done in waste. You know what I mean? If you jump the gun because everybody's so hot and heavy and into the moment of anger and deception and all this stuff, if you run right to an attorney, that's what's going to happen. And then you might get an attorney like I did. Mm -hmm. I think that I've made it really, really clear that I really didn't want a divorce, but I was, I mean, I felt like I was backed into a corner. I mean, I stood in front of that painting and, Mm -hmm. you know, listened to what God told me to do. And he never told me to get a divorce. No, no. He told me to file for one. And then five days later, I tried to take it back. And the attorney said, well, let's just wait until the temporary hearing is done. And then we can do that. When I asked him the day that I went in, if I changed my mind about this, can I undo it? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, no, there wasn't any sure, sure, sure to it. And I believe it all had to do with the fact that I took all our financial statements in there. And he was like, this is a way for me to make some money. Right. Okay. I mean, seriously. And the attorney and I really, I mean, because do you think that I didn't point that out at some point that why didn't you let me do this? Why didn't you let me undo what I, I mean, why do I not have, I mean, it was my marriage. Why did he get the right, the attorney to say, no, we're going to proceed anyway. So that's what I'm saying. And it's all because of money. The divorce industry is 
Mega I mean, millions. It's it's a huge. I mean, I think it was in 2013, a 50 billion plus dollar industry. Right. And it's even more than that today. And I mean, you know, it's just kind of strange the way that they do everything. I mean, you don't even have to be in court before the judge. The attorneys can go with you. And sometimes they don't, you know, invite you because I have no idea why. But even when you're told to be in court, sometimes they go in the judge's chambers to discuss your marriage. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just bizarre. Mm -hmm. And then they can change judges like happens in Oklahoma. I mean, for no reason whatsoever, if a judge gets moved on to something else, I mean, it's just like this shell game with them or something, because what it does is it extends the period of the divorce happening. Sure. So guess what? People make more money. So some things need to change. And I think I have an idea, a really good idea because of, now I'm going to segue into Speaker Mike Johnson and how much hope he gives me because he really lives out his life in a godly, moral, principle way. And he and his wife have a covenant marriage, a legal covenant marriage, which I have to correct myself because in the last podcast episode, I said that there were three states that did that. Right. And it was Arizona as the third state. So it was, it's Louisiana, Arizona, and one other one that I can't remember. (laughs) But, uh, uh, anyway, I'll put that on the website too, because I right. felt so bad after it was done, but I was just like, okay, I can apologize for that later. But I do think that having that initiated because that covenant legal marriage, you have to be separated for a period of time before the divorce can happen. And there has to be a fault reason for the divorce. Yeah. I think that would be a, a, a way to slow it down. And and I don't want to say this all goes back to being proactive. I mean, we really shouldn't be at the point of trying to figure a way to slow divorces down. We should be at a point where we say, okay, before you get married, here are some things that you need to know. I think we can be proactive on both ends of it. I think you fantastic idea coming up with the the things that you have coming in the future. But also there's a lot of young, and I was married young. There are a lot of young kids that are coming right out of high school and getting married and having babies and then waking up in three or four years and saying, I never lived my life. This, I'm too young. I just don't want to do this. I have a friend, her daughter's going through that right now. And it's so sad because her daughter has a couple of kids and, and she's facing this world as a single mama with these two babies. And it, she's very courageous and a very strong girl and she's going to do just fine, but it shouldn't have come to that. You know what I mean? There should be some type of, and I'm not saying the type of counseling that you go in and you listen for 30 minutes so you can get your marriage license for 
You know what no, I mean? No, no, no. A part of the covenant marriage, legal covenant marriage mm-hmm. agreement is that you do go to Christian counseling. Yes. And yes, because, but that's not just because you go to a counselor. I mean, I thought about this because I remember you bringing that up and mm-hmm. we did a lot of counseling. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there's no, I, you don't want to get me started yeah. on the counseling thing because it just goes back to in an hour of time, you cannot figure everything out. No, and no, then no. when those people leave that office, okay, mm-hmm. if they don't implement, what they've been told to implement, but a lot of times there's not anything told to implement because the two people are just trying to say their, their views on everything. Well, no. And that's what I was talking about. I think that needs to be more extensive than one little hour thing. Marriage is a serious thing. It is. It's a binding contract. It's a serious thing. Absolutely. It's a huge binding contract and a huge covenant. And I think it needs to be taken more serious. And I was making a I was being facetious when I said, you know, you come in for an hour counseling so you can get your $50 license discount. <laughs> I mean, I think people need to, there needs to be some kind of period of time when one applies for a, a marriage certificate. Now you apply for a marriage certificate and guess what? You have five days to get it done. Right. I mean, it's, Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. I mean, seriously. We, so you might as well have not just drive through divorces, right. but drive through Marriage. marriages like they do in Las Vegas. I mean, yes, let's you just have set five, them up, Sandy. Yes. You want to? I have five days to get it done. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. Why wouldn't you say, okay, here is your marriage certificate. And in this point in time, you have 60 days to complete the series of workshops, the series, whatever it may be. I'm just throwing ideas out there. You have 60 days to complete this and you have to do some more extensive talking to someone other than just a fly by night thing. And in this 60 days, let it be the type of counseling or educational realm, whatever that really makes people dig down and get to really, truly know each other. Because you know what? In that 60 days, and then you have a platform that says, okay, now you're signing this legal marriage document. And once you do that, I just think that a lot of these kids are just ill-educated about marriage. I think they see this fictitious stuff on TV and on their iPads and stuff about these glorious lifestyles of the Kardashians or whoever. They're all divorced. Oh, I know. That's okay. what I'm saying. You <laughs> you would think that there would be more upfront on that to teach these people coming into marriage the first time than just the simplicity that it is now. Well, <clears throat> you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, they took marriage very seriously. And quite honestly, people were very young when they got married, 16, mm-hmm. 15, 16 years mm-hmm. old, 17, 18 years old. And I'm talking about, you know, 15 year olds marrying somebody that was 18 years old or maybe 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They stayed married till death. Well, do they, they part. did out of obligation because that's what was taught to them. But a lot of those people back then, not knowing 
who they were at that age and not knowing who their spouse was. Cause a lot of those marriages were just, you're expected to marry this person or this person was put in your life at a young age for a reason, but they never really got to know who they were marrying. Cause back then it was, who's going to take care of me. You know what I mean? The times were different. Well, I think there was some of that, but because you could go into God, the father, I mean, one of the things that this local pastor did, he started it out saying that God did this to help protect women. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And to take care of women Mm -hmm. because God is our father. We are his daughter. And Mm -hmm. then a earthly father is supposed to take care of his daughter until he gives her away to her husband supposedly for the rest of our mm-hmm. life. Will then take okay. Care of her. So it's about, it's, it's about taking care of each other. And mm-hmm. in Ephesians, which you brought up, I mean, men are much more responsible in a marriage than a woman is. Well, sure, the a woman is just, a woman is just called to respect her husband mm-hmm. and be a, a man, the kids. Yes. A man is called to love his wife as Christ love the, the church. church. Right. Okay. So that's a big deal. That's sacrificially. And remember we started this out with the military, right? I mean, for goodness sakes, my son, your son signed up to die for someone that he sure. didn't even know, but you're just going to say, Oh, I don't want to be married to you anymore. And let's talk about men when they go through middle age and culturally, they're just like, I mean, I was told this by someone that I have a tremendous amount of respect for Mm -hmm. that is so intelligent and is very worldly. I mean, he is connected globally. Okay. And he is a doctor. And he said, well, Cinderella, that's just what happens culturally. And then when you have a person that doesn't have any character, and substance to his commitments or her commitments. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Sure. You know, you can't blame yourself. So, I mean, it's just, there's so many variables. Uh, well, there's so many variables and everybody believes what they believe, but this mm-hmm. is what I said to you this morning when you came in, I have done that. I am so passionate about this and have been for a long time that many years ago, I, wrote a 14 page document on the whole thing. And then I study it and I study it and I listen and I listen to different pastors and everything else. And honestly, it seems to be just whatever fits my feelings is what needs to work or whatever fits my church to keep my members intact, because you can't have a church if you don't have people in it. I mean, there's just all sorts of things. And I mean, we just need to go back to the word of God. That's what I like about Senator Mike Johnson. And there was an article that I read when they decided to do this covenant marriage. His wife, Kelly Johnson, said it made me feel so much more secure because I knew that he was really in it for the lifelong commitment and, and godly covenant. Why wouldn't we want that for our daughters and our sons? Do you want to just tell your son or daughter when they're walking down the aisle? Well, we'll see you in seven, 10, maybe 15 years. And, you know, we'll have to clean you up really good because I mean, you're going to be devastatingly broken mentally or emotionally because you're going to end up divorced. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, do we really want to say, oh, I can't wait for my children to go through a divorce? I don't. Well, you know, the young kid that told me that. I know. That's what I'm times. thinking I'm about. like, oh my God, I've never heard any. And it made such an impact on me because I don't think I really paid attention. Now, listen, I understand spouses. We don't get along sometimes. But you know, there's well, so I mean, much. human beings are human beings. Yes, I mean, you are. and I don't get along all the time and yes. we don't agree on everything, but do we decide we're no. going to not see each other, no. or talk no. to each other or get exactly. mad at each other? And, you know, sometimes when there is the fighting and stuff, you know, people, well, I just, I'm tired of the fighting. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. There's got to be somebody else. I just didn't re- marry the right person. You know, God does not hold us accountable for our spouse's sin, but our godliness of our response to those sins, he holds us accountable accountable for. And I say this because I think that's a part of the problem. I think in this me generation, we feel it's one of the most spoiled narcissistic generations I've ever seen. It's all about me. Oh my gosh. It's all about me, (laughs) me, me, my wants, my thoughts, my way or the highway. And well, God doesn't want me to stay in a relationship where my husband doesn't take me out every Friday night or he doesn't bring home roses or he doesn't do this or he doesn't do that or my wife won't do this or give me this or do this or do that. You know what? Sacrificial. A covenant is about sacrificing and it's not about judging your spouse for everything they're lacking of because that's not what God wants. God tells us, you know, listen, you're not going to be responsible for your ex's sins, but how you react to those sins, I'm going to hold you accountable for. And that's the scary part because. And how about to become one flesh? Exactly. Come on. That doesn't stop. I mean, come on. What does it say about you need to be with the wife of your youth. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could tell you all the things that have happened j- just for me personally that have been just like, oh my gosh, emails that I got from the other mm-hmm. person and the things that were said in those emails and then about the voicemail mm-hmm. that I received mm-hmm. about me telling the truth about things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was threatening come on, why would you do that? And then because my children took a stance on the side of scripture and what God's word says, I mean, there were years that were severed and that Mm -hmm. you can't, there's one thing that the greatest gift that we've ever been given in this life that God has bestowed upon us mm-hmm. is the gift of time. Right. You and can't get it back. No. And it's you can't short. get it back. So I think it's time for us to really take a deep dive into our own thought process and ask ourselves, was the change that was made in 1969 a better thing? Is our family unit better today than it was back then? Morals, are we where we need to be, where our moral principles are? Not just in marriage, but the way that we do everything in life. And is our legal system set up to really give us justice? 
or is it just to benefit their pocketbooks? Those are some of the things that we really need to think about. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying let's just totally turn around and, you know, do everything the old fashioned way, but by gosh, I want us to have a wonderful, as wonderful as possible life while we're here on earth. And we need to think about the legacies that we're leaving behind. Sure. And I will stand up for God's word all day long. Absolutely. I mean, I just will. If you don't want to, that's your thing. But I will. And I, I look into my grandkids' eyes and I think, oh man. Yes. What are the things that they're learning and how's this world gonna be from them for them in 20 years or when I'm gone? And I would like for them to know what an old fashioned or modern day wonderful marriage that God can give you. And family life. Yes. And yes. family life. So till I, death do you part so right. that you can see that sort of thing. And I, I mean, I'm just so thankful that, because I believe that there are no accidents in what has happened. I mean, where did Mike Johnson come out of anyway? I mean, right. I was like, who is he? And then I, before we got together this morning, was listening to some things about him. And, you know, I just have to tell you this too. He had a father that was a great leader. He was a firefighter. Mm-hmm. So that man would run into buildings and did. He would sacrifice his life and was critically injured and was disabled for the rest of his life. This is where Speaker Mike Johnson comes out of. And I mean, he just had a very foundational, you know, strong moral foundation. And I mean, a great dad as a leader and an example of what a man was supposed right. to be. So this is what I would say. Time to man up men and time to woman up women. And let's do the right thing for the future of our children. Exactly. That's just what I have to say. <laughs> That's why we call it right. life, love, and relationship. Until next time. See you then. If you enjoyed the show today, share it with your friends so they can listen in to our conversations about life, love, and relationships. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cinderella Chats, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. We look forward to our Tuesdays together and know you will too.